everybody. Welcome back to Social Workers and Scriptures. We are so happy that you are joining us today. I'm Kat Elias. And I'm Susan Camacho. And today we will be talking about Alone But Not Lonely, Holiday Edition. We should have some jingle bells in the back or something. I don't know, some sort of bells. But anyway, Alone But Not Lonely, Holiday Edition, okay? Before we get started, I want to give a shout out. If you're listening to our podcast on Podbean or Stitcher or the Apple Podcasts, iTunes or Spotify or Google Chrome or Overcast or you're catching us on YouTube, whatever it is, we just are so excited that you're with us. I want to give you a shout out. Don't forget to give us a like, follow us on there so you don't miss anything, okay? I also want to point out, man, so excited. We are growing and we now have listeners in other countries. So we want to give a shout out. Of course, everybody here in the United States, but also to Australia, France, and the UK. And we really want to thank Jesus. Thank you so much, Lord God, that um, you have just provided. And we ask you, those that are listening, uh, we would be so thankful if you would spread the word about our podcast, about Social Workers and Scriptures podcast, so we can spread God's word, okay? Because that's definitely in our heart. Because we have so many listeners, we would like to reintroduce ourselves a little bit. So again, I'm Kat Elias. Well, not really and I'm Susan Camacho. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's a little joke, but very little. <laughs> so anyway, we want to reintroduce what social workers uh, do and who we are. So just as a reminder, most people think of social workers as people who assess abuse in the homes for kids, for elderly, for those that have disabilities, um, severe disabilities, or social workers provide resources. And certainly we are. Absolutely. Those things are so important. Um, you really do want somebody who is trained to assess those things. Uh, but we also want to remind you that we are degreed clinicians uh, with graduate degrees. In order to be licensed, you have to have a graduate degree. So we are degreed clinicians, whether degreed or licensed. It is in the therapeutic field. Even if we sound funny and clowning around, we do have actual degrees in the field. Okay. So social workers are Even therapists. if we don't sound smart. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are. <laughs> I know. I didn't say all that. <laughs> so anyway. So social workers are therapists no matter uh, what position they have to be working in, okay? So even when they're assessing abuse, they are clinicians who are assessing abuse. Even when they're providing resources, they are clinicians who are providing resources. So that's what brought us here, uh, talking about therapeutic stuff, life stuff. Social workers tend to be very grounded. That's why we are talking about therapeutic stuff, because we are therapists and we are also Christians. So that's why we're bringing in the scriptures, because that is just who we are, okay? So if you want more information about us specifically, about what we do, where we come from, things like that, check out our intro. I think it's episode zero, mm-hmm. um, which doesn't mean it's nothing. I guess it, it just means it's the first one we started with. So check out our intro. We'd love to, for you to check that out, learn a little bit about us. Um, and, you know, we don't like to learn about you guys, too. So feel free to contact us. So. Uh, Susan, would you tell us why in the world are we doing this podcast today of Alone But Not Lonely, Holiday Edition? (laughs) (laughs) The purpose of this podcast is to help improve your relationships to our creator, to increase coping that leads to better decision making, help people reestablish joy in the holidays after change, separation, divorce, or in times of dealing with unwanted singleness, to help people hold fast to their identities and purpose in Christ during the holidays when they are alone. And not to do anything drastic, not to make long-term or unhealthy decisions that have consequences because of temporary holiday blues. And always, always, always addressing these vulnerable areas in our mental health may help address these vulnerable areas in our spiritual walk. And I also want to do the disclaimer, which we always do, that this is not a substitute for individual psychotherapy to treat underlining conditions or chronic mental health issues. 
Each person needs assessment on a case-by-case basis for treatment purposes. Do not go off your meds without medical consultation. If you are having a psychiatric emergency, please go to your nearest ER or dial 911. If you are in crisis, you can contact the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. And lastly, we are not expert theologians, but we do believe the Bible is the ultimate authority. We are Christians and also mental health therapists, so that's what we will be presenting today. All right. Now, I think that, I know it's a little bit extra long, the intro today, but that's because we wanted to reintroduce you to to who we are and where we come from. But maybe next time we could do like that, uh, remember that micro man that used to speak so, I don't know if it was micro man, but the man who speaks speak so fast. The micro machine. Micro machine, not micro man. It wasn't like a little guy. <laughs> he wasn't just a little guy that spoke very quickly. But maybe next time we can try the disclaimer like that fast because like, <laughs> that's probably just how I normally speak. Huh? Anyway, okay. Let's give a little bit of background of why we wanted to even do this podcast. You know, I think so many people go through divorce and separation, which is hard enough on its own. But there just seems to be this extra struggle when a holiday comes around, especially Thanksgiving, Christmas, especially Christmas, no? Yes, Christmas and New Year's, I would say. Yeah, you say New Year's, right? I think also that uh, we know that many families struggle when there has been a death. We definitely think that that is something that is highlighted during the holidays. That is something that is, is pronounced. But we think that there is so much out there for you, and we really encourage you, if that is going on for you, to go seek that. There's so much out there. And so we really wanted to do something a little bit different that we don't think there is a lot out there right now. For those that are struggling with, like we said, um, separation, divorce, change, unwanted singleness. Okay? That's why we wanted to, to kind of do this. Susan, why do you think, let's jump in. Why do you think the holidays bring up such sad feelings for some people? Why do people flip out during the holidays? I think that there are a lot of expectations, both emotionally and financially. Um, Some people have lost deceased relatives, um, people that are single or longing to couple up, or, you know, you saw the Netflix holidays. I Um, (laughs) (laughs) Time constraints as well. Um, So I garnered this little fact, 38% of people surveyed said their stress levels increased during the holiday season. Participants listed the top stressors as lack of time, lack of money, commercialism, the pressure of gift-giving and family gatherings. That was on Psychology Today, December 8th, the 2017 edition. It might also be because our children are out of school. And that's why we... Oh, I'm sorry. I think that was personal. (laughs) A little projection there. Sorry, go ahead. I'm sure tons of the moms, like... With this distance learning feeling for you. It wasn't just my personal Tear. It's also, um, you know, when we have these expectations, clinicians are always big on telling you, you know, to not have expectations of something in order for you not to be disappointed. So it's always the shoulds that trigger the moods. It should be like this or that, or people flip out because they're they're unmet expectations. And then I think also people get a little jelly around the holiday season. We see all this barfus. (laughs) (laughs) all all this all this barfasaurus of everybody coupling up and ice skating and holding hands you know that's the vision that people get with of the holidays so by jelly you mean jealous uh, jealous yes Mm -hmm. (laughs) bitmoji and the jelly oh wow i think that for those reasons people also you know being in a divorce during the holidays and grief around, you know, 
all of those things. And I do want to say that, you know, when we talk about jealousy, the Bible does talk about, you know, not coveting other people's things. And that's also applicable when it comes to a relationship. James 3.16 says, For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. Don't be jealous of what others have, be it a relationship or other things. James 4, 2-3 says, You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it in your passions. I think that one is a really good one. Kat also talks about in the beginning why we wanted to do this is that there's a lot of people that go postal during the holidays. You hear them in the news, you know, they shot their kids, they shot themselves because of those expectations. There is never a good time for a breakup or a divorce. I want you to keep in mind that you will, you will have more holidays. Don't let one holiday define the future of the rest of your holidays. And grief is super chaotic. So don't get caught in the chaos of the grief during the holidays because it can be very detrimental. And don't make major decisions, like you're saying, right? Don't make major decisions uh, that are harmful because you're temporarily feeling hurt right now or in grief, right? Yes. Yeah. So, Kat, what do you you think about all this holiday blues stuff? Well, I just felt a little woozy after hearing that about all the postalness. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I like to think of jolly things like postal, meaning you get cards in the mail from your postal worker. My goodness. Okay. I think, you know, I think the question is, um, why do people get kind of sad? Why do they flip out a little bit um, or a lot of it during the holidays? Um, I think because um, we are, we're, are a society that's, that is so used to traditions. We can find comfort in traditions. And when you are divorced or you're divorcing or when you are separated, or there, there's a change. And so we have our traditions that we normally used and that we were used to and that we found comfort in are broken and are changing. And so it's kind of difficult. It's kind of uncomfortable to start new ones. Um, I also think during the holidays, there's an emphasis on family. It highlights us being without a mate. We think about everyone sees our singleness during that time because it's such a focus on the family. So our singleness kind of shouts out sometimes or this change that we're going through. I think also extra stress makes coping more difficult. I think that that extra stress makes coping more difficult. And then many people start thinking, which highlights but if only, and I think that it kind of triggers certain emotions anyway, so it just makes it harder to cope in general. Um, and I just want to remind you, you know, the holidays are important. They're a wonderful thing. And it's a time for family. It is a time for everyone. It's, um, it's really a celebration, of course, like Christmas is a celebration of Christ, right? But remember that if it was any other day, you'd probably be able to cope, right? So yes, that particular day is a holiday. But if it was the Friday after or the Sunday after, you would be able to cope. You wouldn't struggle. Um, you wouldn't really even give it much thought. You would just, you know, go along your daily stuff. So you wouldn't be highlighting your singleness so much. Or you wouldn't be highlighting your, your changes. Yeah, so I think, you know, sometimes we get envious, sometimes we get embarrassed. And those are kind of reasons why, you know, this, the holidays bring up the sad feelings. Plus, we see people we don't normally see. Maybe we don't want to see them or maybe they're not the, mo- the nicest or maybe they say things. And then they ask us, hey, what's going on with you? You know what I answer? You know, so I think that kind of brings up the stuff. So. What do you think the Bible says about loneliness? Is it ever mentioned? What do you think? The Bible does mention being alone. And I want to say that the Bible says that you're never alone. Always remember that. Deuteronomy 31.6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be 
afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Psalms 27.10 says, Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. First Samuel 12.22 For the sake of his great name, the Lord will not reject his people because the Lord was pleased to make you his own. In that, you know, you always have to remember like God sees you as the apple of his eye and all of the good things that God says about you. And remember that you're not alone. There you go. I love it. So what does the Bible say? Cat? I think that's exactly right. The, the Bible tells us that God will never forsake us or leave us. In Hebrews, Deuteronomy, Joshua, the Bible tells us that God will never leave or forsake us, right? And then also, you know, in John 14, 18, he tells us, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Jesus is speaking, right? Jesus tells us here, um, also in John 16, 32, Behold the, and this is Jesus speaking, right? Behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it has come when you will be scattered, each of you to his own home, and will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. So Jesus says, I'm not alone, the Father is with me. You're exactly right. We're not alone. God tells us that he will never forsake us. He tells us that we are no longer orphans. We're no longer alone. Um, So even if we don't have a partner, we are not alone. There are many people in the Bible, there are people, I should say, in the Bible that are called to be single, that have the gift of continence. Paul, obviously Jesus was single. And Paul tells us that that is a gift, that in his opinion, that is a gift. That if, you know, but even if someone desires it in the heart, um, that is good, that is okay. It's also a reminder that God has purpose for us, whether it's at a time. I guess what I want to remind you is that God has purpose for us, whether he's calling us to be single or married. And I think that Jesus was sought after so much, but and he and so many people wanted to be with him, but he specifically took time out to be alone. So again, that just kind of reminds us that there that we need those kind of periods of time of of um, being alone. And again, I think to highlight, loneliness is not a justifiable reason to sin, not even during the holidays, right? So no t- temptation has been um, has overtaken us. God will not allow for that, right? In First Corinthians, what about those people who say, "Hey, I know God loves me." But I still need a physical person to love me. I mean, the spiritual stuff, that's great. The theoretical stuff is great, but I need something physical. One of two things. I know that this, I know it sounds very cheesy, very after school special, but you need to love yourself. You are a physical person. Love yourself. Learn to be in your own presence. Go have coffee by yourself, a movie. I know, yes, I know a lot of. A lot of people that are always like, oh my God, that look, you look like such a loner if you do that stuff. No, you have to learn to be by yourself. I mean, and even those people that are like Kat and I, we're both married, but sometimes I long for my me time. It's my who's hot time. And so in that, you have to learn to like, you know, cheesy but true. You know, uh, my old pastor used to say, if you can't love the one in big quotes, You can't love anyone because at that point, our love for the Lord is a didactic. It's for those of you that don't know what didactic means. It's a teaching tool. So if you love, (laughs) so if you love God inconsistently, that's going to show out and pattern itself out in your other relationships as well. But when you love him consistently, we love others in that way. And sometimes, you know, we have to learn how to love God in the right way in order for us to learn to love others in that same way. Mm. Love yourself. That's one. The other one is find family to love, like nephews, nieces, cousins, siblings, parents, grandparents. 
church people pour your love into them as a you know as an appropriate and i use the word appropriate substitution because divorced parents like we see this so much like doing therapy when people are doing the co-parenting piece after a divorce you know you should not use your children as surrogate partners and i don't mean that in a dirty way i mean that you know you're not the like words like you're the man of the house like cat said or some of these other things like where you start letting them sleep in your bed when they never were never there before it's no. going to make it that much harder when you find a partner to like weed them off of some of those things set yourself up for success and remember yeah. that your children are your children and they're you're not your friends they're not your confidants that way so whatever's going on with you you're separating you're divorcing or you're alone and childless whichever way i know that i didn't have children when i was single i poured all that love into my nephew my little fur baby moo <laughs> That is just rude. My parents. Why would you call a baby for a baby just because they have a little extra My hair on them? Fur. Listen, we're all different. It is okay. It's okay. My little Ewok. <laughs> and so, Kat, what would you say about those people? Like, man, okay, yeah, I know God is there, but I need a physical hood. <laughs> so, first of all, <laughs> so... I would say, you know, if, if uh, I just wanted to, you were speaking about find family love. If you don't have your family, you don't have family, find somebody else's family love, right? Yeah. Somebody needs some love, something, but in the right way. We are not yes. advocating for their love in the wrong way, okay? Yeah. I would say, hey, I hear you. I think we both hear you. I, I definitely want to put out there that Susan and I definitely do not underscore singleness. We don't underscore relationship changes. We don't underscore divorce. We are not the type to say, oh, it's totally fine, no problem. You, why should you feel anything? We're not that way at all. We know that it, it can be a struggle. It is something significant. There's a lot of different things that go in there with grief and all these different feelings that come up. So we get it. Yes, God says, you are correct in the sense that God says, hey, it's not good for man to be alone, right? That's how he starts off the Bible. It's not good for man to be alone. He created a, a mate, right? He says two are better than one in Ecclesiastes, right? So, And God made sex. God made physical intimacy right? So it's not bad. It's a good thing, right? We know that. And God told everybody to populate the earth. You got to do that through sex, right? So we know that those are great things. Those are wonderful things. But the point is, if God has not called you to his design of that type of relationship or intimacy, then you have to find another way to be well and to obey him, even when your heart is desiring something else. We know it's a struggle, but being a Christian is a struggle. Right? We know that it's not easy. We know that it's hard. Being Christian, living God's way is not easy. Right? The, the path is narrow, but it is worth it. And if God has not called you to a relationship in the design that God has made, or for sex in the design that he has made it for, then you're going to have to find another way to be well and to obey him. Okay? He doesn't call us just to obey him when we are in a relationship or we're feeling well or things are going the way we want them to. He calls us to obey him regardless. So, you know, in Proverbs 3, 5, 6, he tells us to trust in him, you know, in the, our, that he will make our path straight, right? We don't, we trust and lean on our own understanding. So sometimes we don't understand why. We don't know why some people are single. Sometimes we know why some people are single. And sometimes we have no idea. They're absolutely wonderful catches. What he says is to trust in him, lean on him, and then he will straighten out our path. Also, I think along the same lines, you need to figure out there are other relationships that we need to substitute for those type of intimate relationships and for those um, close contacts. You need to find other relationships. So you may not have an intimate partner, but friends can fill some of that void. 
those are great things. And really, in a marital relationship, even in the best one, you should not depend on a relationship, even the best one, with a, with a human to fill that void anyway. It is, man will fail you. It is going to fail you at some point. We are sinners. You should have other people in your system anyway. Yes, God calls us to be in fellowship in person. He doesn't call us in Hebrews 10 to fellowship and to be a person just with our spouse. He's calling us together with other people, um, other believers, uh, not to neglect to meet. So yes, it is important. Um, you may also need to sublimate. You need to find other physical things that might substitute that intimate type of connection that you're, that you're looking for. So boxing, ballroom dancing, exercise class, being around other people, um, sports teams, whatever it is. And then, you know, there are animals too. So you need some physical touch. I mean, you're talking about your fur baby, right? Uh, maybe you need a fur baby. Okay, so maybe the baby you start with is a fur baby, whatever it is. Um, I'm not an animal person. I, I love them, but they're not, you know, I prefer people. But I know people like you, Susan, you love the animals, and you can probably attest to the fact that it is just such an amazing connection, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, even on Frozen, right? Like Sven doesn't, doesn't, what's his name say that animals are better than people sometimes. So there you go. Right? So if, it's, if Disney wrote it, it must be true. They don't talk back. <laughs> they don't. And if they do, you don't understand them. It's all right. <laughs> so, so you may be looking for that. But, but just keep in mind, you know, that while you're going through this hardship, that if, if you're interpreting it as a hardship, that God tells us that trials and hardships can produce parts of our character gives us a chance to work on the, the parts of our character developed through the Spirit. And it leads to um, endurance, hope. Eventually, it leads to hope. So I think I'm off my soapbox on that for a little bit. So uh, what do you think it says about uh, what about our walk, our spiritual walk with God, if I feel lonely? I feel like a certain amount of loneliness is normal because even Jesus experienced loneliness. But constant loneliness, that's where you're, you're, reading, you're kind of like teetering on dysfunctional territory. Because um, constant loneliness can be an, an immaturity in your spiritual walk. And, and other times, you know, if you can't be, ever be alone, you need to look at some of the codependency issues. So that's also would be problematic as well. Just remember, like Kat and I were talking about, you can be in a relationship and feel lonely. You can be in a crowd of people and still feel lonely. You really need to check your heart, check your intentions, all of those things. Some of the scriptures about loneliness, Psalms 25, 16, turn to me and be gracious to me for I am lonely and afflicted. The Bible does talk about loneliness. Luke 5, 16, Jesus withdrew into lonely places and prayed. Sometimes the loneliness, it says that your relationship needs reaffirming and connectedness. Sometimes God calls us to be alone for a certain period too because he wants to spend time with you. Sometimes God wakes us out of slumber and our busy schedules to be alone with him because he desires, just like when you're in love with a person, you, he, you desire to be with them, around them. And so God desires to be around you too. Just remember that sometimes, you know, God's calling you to be alone and just be with him. Joshua 1.9 says, Have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Do not be frightened and do not be, be dismayed for the Lord God is with you wherever you go. Just remember again, you're never alone. Once the devil wants to talk into your life and say that you're, you're a loner or all of these things, you know, think about all the scriptures that God, what God says about you because that is super important at these times when you're feeling lonely. Kat, what do you think it says about our walk with God? Well, I think if we feel lonely... Um, I think it can reflect a real lack of adequate support, right? So for some of us, I mean, Jesus, when he was praying, he tells, he tells his disciples, hey, you can even stay away for one hour, right? He lacked that support. 
when the when it got tough, they kind of ran, right? So sometimes we could just have a real lack of adequate support. So if you're feeling lonely, though, that should encourage you to fix that in a sense, right? In the healthy way that you can. So adding support to your system, building relationships in the ways that you can. I think what, when you feel lonely, what does it say about your walk? I think it means that you're human, right? I mean, if you take it too far, remember that humans are naturally sinful. Yes. But it means that you're human, right? Sometimes, you know, we fall into that simple part to where, you know, we start to, to our eyes are taken off of him, of God, and we start looking at ourselves. We start um, glancing onto someone else for a little bit. Maybe we get a little hopeless. Maybe we, get, we go through grief. We go through doubt, those things like that. So I think that's sometimes what it can point out of where we're at our walk. You know, I, I say often enough that faith is not faith unless it's tested. So I think sometimes when you're, our spiritual walk can look great when things are going great. When things are going wonderfully, it can look like, wow, she just has all these positive words. She is just focused on all these things. But then when things aren't going well, now is when you really start to see, are there holes in our, our spiritual walk? Because remember that, well, I guess in that, in, in that sense, it's not hard to be well mentally when things are going well. As a Christian, our identity, our joy is supposed to come from the Lord. Our identity is supposed to come from who the Lord says we are, not from any relationship status, not from what somebody else tells us. So our walk should reflect that truth within us. So even when we're going through something that's undesirable, like undesirable singleness, a separation that's undesired, um, a divorce that's unchangeable, we, have, we are supposed to live in this reality and remain strong in the Lord, knowing that the purpose of his kingdom is above all else. And just remember that Christians don't just live out God's word in theory. It must be in practice in our walk. In 1 John 3, 18, he tells us, Little children, let us not live love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. You know, I know that we're talking about feeling lonely. So sometimes people kind of feel like, hey, did God forget me? Why am I alone? Is there any purpose in this season? Yes. So being alone is a time of refining you. And yes, if you're going to be like, but it hurts. Yes, I get it. It hurts. <laughs> And like I said before, you need to be whole in yourself in order to fill the hole. So you're saying you need God to be whole tests. to be holy? Or, I mean, to sorry. be whole in yourself, oh, in emotionally okay. whole, <laughs> not vacant. Um, God tests if he's enough for you without your self-interest just by himself. So sometimes that's what it is. Isaiah 48.10 says, Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tried you in the furnace of affliction. Proverbs mm-hmm. 17.3, The crucible is for silver and the furnace is for gold. And the Lord tests the heart. I also feel that loneliness and being alone reveals your calling and it calls to you. Just like when we see numerous examples in the Bible, Joseph from the pit to the seat of power, no brothers, father's gone, no, obviously no girlfriend. He's running from Potiphar's wife in prison. His purpose was revealed in those dire circumstances in Genesis 45.5. Now, therefore, be not grieved or angry with yourselves that we sold that we sold me hither, for God did send me to preserve life. Esther being orphaned away from her uncle in a beauty pageant, not knowing anyone in a strange place in the palace. Esther 4.14, who knoweth whether this art come to the kingdom for times such as this. Our purpose is rarely discovered with with masses of people. It's usually our purpose is discovered and purpose usually brings pain. Mm. I know from my life that's true. I don't know, Kat, for your life, but for the most part, like it's always in solitude that God reveals those things to you. So sometimes all of those things do have a purpose. Kat, what do you think? Well, I think, did God forget me? No, God, mm-hmm. God created you. God planned you. God created you. No, he didn't forget you. He makes no mistakes. He has a specific reason mm-hmm. 
for the singleness right now, whether it's to work something out in you or whether whatever it is. It could be for other reasons as well. Like you said, he's testing you. He's preparing your spouse. And at the same time, he's testing you. Who knows? But God definitely didn't forget you. He loves you. There's no doubt about that. He tells us, Amen. I have plans for good for you in Jeremiah 29, 11, right? He, he tells us that we know that for those that love God, all things work out together for good. For those that are called according to his purpose, Romans 8, 28. We know that the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushing spirit in Psalms 34, 18. He hears our cries, Psalm 22, 24, right? So no, he did not forget you. He specifically knows exactly what's going on for you. He has deemed it so at this minute, right? So um, you continue asking, but he has deemed it for this minute. Is there any purpose? Sure. I think one thing that you want to know is that you want to know how to be alone. Like you were saying, you want to know how to be alone when you're single. You want to know how to cope when you're going through hard changes because those things occur in marriage. You will feel alone in marriage at some point. You want to know Mm -hmm. how to handle those things before you get into marriage. You don't want to be working that out in marriage for the first time of how to be alone and then you have these expectations and then you're alone and and then it just causes havoc on your marriage. You want to be able to conquer these things and know how to do these things and how to be okay even when times are tough or you're, you're single now so that you can be okay later, okay? You want to tackle that now. God calls us to particular difficulties like I was mentioning before. He tells us to count joys, to count trials as joys, right? And James, he tells us that it produces endurance. He wants us to surrender. He wants us to know that he can sustain us, right? So he says um, in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I, um, Paul tells us, Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. You navigating this season in your life can, is the, gives the potential for God to work in amazing, wonderful ways. And your life specifically getting you through this. And what an amazing testimony that is. And for his kingdom and his goodness. So you will experience the glory. Uh, that when we surrender, we, we cry out to the Holy Spirit. We want him to feel us. That brings us closer to the Lord. So you will feel that Holy Spirit, which is an amazing feeling and amazing. And it sustains us. But also, he, you will have a testimony. And in Second uh, Corinthians 1, 3, 4, he tells us that um, we can help others, right? So it just says the Holy Spirit. So blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. So sometimes he's going to use this and sometimes he might help out somebody else in the future. That's anyway. That's what I think about this. Let's think about what do we do? Is there anything to help me? I get it. Um, is there anything to help me tangibly that we can do to help me get through this time, especially the holiday time? Yes, I would say because we are we if you listen to us, we do the treatment corner all the time. Like we were talking about earlier, treat your breakup like it was the 26th of December or January 2nd or February 15th. So you get the gist of it. Like don't put unnecessary weight on the timing. You'll still have to go through the the grief process anyway, so if the outcome is still the same, just treat it like it was another day. The easiest way, we cannot talk about grief and aloneness and all of these things without talking about Kubler-Ross <laughs> because she is, she, <laughs> she is the guru of grief. She had um, the stages of grief, which I always think are super important for everybody to know. It, and it's just not, the grief stages are also for things that are in not tangible, like death. 
she used it for death but there are other ways of grieving like when you lose a job when you lose a relationship and you still go through those same processes so the easiest way to remember that i remembered when i was going through school is the dabda it makes it really easy kind of like you know the flintstones yabba dabba do but dabda (laughs) you go through the stages yes the dabda is denial anger bargaining depression and then acceptance Obviously, you know what denial is and anger. The bargaining stage, people probably don't know what that one is. It's like, like if I would have done something differently, then maybe the divorce wouldn't have occurred or this breakup wouldn't have occurred or whatever that is. And so we start bargaining. And I'd like to say that grief is super chaotic. It isn't necessarily, when she did the, the DABDA, it's not necessarily in that order. It can jump. All of a sudden, you might be in denial and then all of a sudden you might get... Or like you may, <laughs> you may get, yes, you might get angry because you're like, oh, this cheating louse, you know? <laughs> and so whatever it is, all of those things, like, you know, it, it feels like a roller coaster. So most of the, so most of my clients are going through divorce and separation issues. It feels like very chaotic. They go from one emotion to the next and then all of a sudden they're crying and then they're good again and then they get angry again. It's all of these things. And so because of the chaos, you can, you have to be ensured that you have control over yourself. Hello. You know, I just realized order, if you rearrange the letters of Dabda to B-A-A-D-D, it's bad. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just so it essentially, don't get carried away. Don't get carried away with uh, being impulsive or reactive because you feel so chaotic inside. Control yourself. And if you can't control yourself, enlist the help of your friends. You've seen all those movies where the friends take away the cell phones. Like, I mean, if you're going to dial an X or do any of these, all these things or leave nasty messages, I mean, control yourself. Control yourself. If you can't enlist people to help you, um, stay away from your ex until it's safe to come around them again. And please, I always tell people, decline to bite into the bait of dysfunction. Decline it. Like people are going to want to reel you in into being dysfunction. (laughs) Bite the bait of dysfunction. (laughs) People will try to reel you in. Do not be that fish on that hook like like just (laughs) spontaneously (laughs) sputtering around. I mean, do not bite the bait of dysfunction. Kat, what do you think are some like practical ways as therapists that we can help ourselves out? Okay. Help a sister out. Help a sister out. <laughs> I'm about to help you out, sister. Now listen. You need <laughs> you need to create new traditions. You need to do something new. It does not have to be the same as before. It does not have less purpose or value or worth because you're doing something new and different and you didn't do it last year or the past or you didn't do the thing that you did for five years. That's okay. Do something new. You need new hobbies, you need new passions, make sure it's something appropriate and biblical, okay? Within the lines, okay? Don't find the passions that are going to take you away from Christ, things that are okay, but you need something that brings you joy, okay? You need to rely on same-sex platonic relationships to be your source of connections, okay? You need to do holiday things with those people, friends, family, or whatever. Don't discount the weight that, that friends can have and family, even if they're not an intimate spouse. Okay, but you can have a wonderful times. I mean, I can think of some uh, uh, great times that I had with close friends. I mean, we have great times all the time. Don't we, Susan? We're always laughing all the time. You know, we're feeling down. We're having trouble. Those things are so helpful. So don't underscore that. Okay, make plans. Don't withdraw. Okay, 
If you don't want to talk about the stuff going on, you just need to learn how to set, how to be assertive in that. And you can say things like, hey, I'll be okay. I just, I'm having a hard time. I don't want to talk about that, but I want to talk about everything else. Okay. Maybe you keep yourself up into like the interest, the topics of, of um, currently what's going on, things like that, so that you can be interesting. You have other things to talk about. You can kind of come prepared. Okay. You need to do core building exercises. I think that this is of all the times in our life, this is such a time to do, to do core building spiritually and psychologically, okay? This is where you need to find out who does God say I am. You need to be in prayer. You need to be uh, reading the Bible. What does God say about his grace being sufficient for us? Remind yourself your role and your status are not your identity. This is when you're going to put it into practice so much, okay? This is, this is training day for you, okay? Knowing who you are in Christ should be the foundation of your part in every single relationship, okay? Of course, challenge distortions like we talked about before. Keeping perspective, like you said, this is just another day, okay? This is an important day, but it's not the most important day. Hopefully, these new skills you have, hobbies, these interesting things that you're going to be developing, these um, work on personality, if, if we're being real and you're partly single because you've got some strong personality traits, you need to work on those things right now, okay? That's not everybody, so we're not saying that, okay? But for some of you, yes, that is that is what's going on. The way you resolve conflict, maybe the strong personalities. Work on those things right now, okay? All these things are going to help you increase likely intimate relationships that you're going to have. And hopefully that one relationship, okay? Volunteer, help out, do other things. Don't forget, reset. Remind yourself. Reset as much as you need to. Remind yourself that eventually it will be over. January will be here. Holidays will be over. Take all those thoughts captive that are not of the Lord, that are not producing joyful feelings or things that are encouraging closer to him, you have to block those things out. So if we were to end it here, okay, what would be your takeaway, Susan? What would you want everyone to, to know? I was thinking about this a lot. <laughs> <laughs> about and it so, now out loud? Yes. For, the, <laughs> for most people, being single is not forever. I mean, the statistics are on your side. The odds are oh, in wow. your favor. The odds are in your favor. <laughs> okay. For the for the rest of you, like I said, and Kat laughed at me, but you need to make lemonade out of those lemons. Pray that God does not make you sour to life because you are single. There are people that are called. Like Kat and I were saying, it would have been very difficult for Paul to write most of the New Testament. With a, with a girlfriend in tow That's right. or like or, or a kid to be me. like what you doing yourself, in there what you doing you're in there so your work you're working so many hours you need to important to you could you look up for me please could you look up for your right <laughs> or your or, or his kids spill something on the on the what was it the pirates or whatever the scrolls on the on the scrolls <laughs> yeah. you're like you just oh my gosh Oh my God. You okay. just ruined the ark. <laughs> that would be so many more scriptures that never made it. Imagine. <laughs> okay. So, yes. And so in that, like, just look at it as a time that, you know, this is temporary for most of you. For those of you that it's not, learn to love it. You cannot be bitter in life because things don't go your way. Be better, not bitter. Be better, be better not be better, not bitter. <laughs> Yes, learn to, you know, whatever life throws at us, we have to be able to live life to the fullest, regardless of whatever circumstances there are. Just like Paul said, in every state, you need to be content. That's right. Learn to do that. Kat, what is your takeaway? Well, I think that's partly it. So when we're going through these undesirable seasons of our life, these trials that as we interpret it, you know, that's really when you're going to see where your faith is at in practice, not in theory. 
It's your chance, it's our chance to see an accurate view of our relationship with Christ. We can have an inaccurate picture when everything's going well, thinking, hey, I'm really close with Christ because I didn't yell like crazy or I didn't uh, get into violent stuff. And because it, But that might be because everything's going well, right? So sometimes when we're in trials is when we see accurately where our relationship is with Christ, you know? Um, it's kind of like when you, um, you know, you're, you're in your house and it looks okay, I guess. There's, but then when you shine a bright light, you're like, oh, shoot. I see so much stuff on the floor I didn't see before, right? So that's what happens when we're going through these things, when we're stressed. What I want we you see your know, desk bunnies. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's the only bunny in my house. <laughs> Just desk bunnies. That's it. Use this time when you, you – be, be honest with yourself. Be open. Be humble. Even when it hurts, check your pride at the door and let God show you where these holes are because he desires for you to be more like him and closer to him. And so these things have to be worked out. So take the time to work those things out. Take, be honest with yourself. You want to grow closer in union with Christ. Sometimes we have to see painful things about ourselves, and this is probably the time we're going to see it, okay? This is one way we're going to see it. You're going to see it later too, but this is definitely one time where you're going to see it. So I encourage you to stay closer to Christ, to be open to what God has to show you, and to work through that. You'll never, ever, ever be disappointed in listening to the Holy Spirit. Never. So anyway, let's let's uh, let's finish with prayer. Thanks for hanging out with us uh, a little bit longer today. We had extra things we wanted to tell you, but again, we just want to remind you, we are just so thankful and so happy that you are joining us. We are just amazed at what God is doing, and we just ask for um, for you to to spread the word again, um, so that we can spread the word too in the way that we can. Okay, God bless you, and Susan, we take some virtual high five. <laughs> <laughs> virtual high five. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for this time that we spent together with our listeners, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your word spreading out, Lord. Help all our listeners, Lord, to know that they're never alone, that you're always there, God, and you are the best company that any of us could ever have, Lord. Take care of us and watch over us, Lord, as we move around in our lives, Lord, in every season in our lives. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. And don't forget, I think I forgot, we are on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we are now uploaded to YouTube. Check us out, give us a like, follow us on there, spread the word, share our stuff. We are so thankful, okay? Um, you have a wonderful, wonderful holiday season. Contact us if there's any other way that we can be helpful. Merry Christmas. Till next time. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>